Alright, this is the Alpha Dog here with the Three Count Podcast. Everybody to another great edition of the Three Count Podcast presents Now Inch Ring, and I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller, the man that leads you out this mountain called wrestling. But by now, like you guys should be saying, I am your Sherpa. Or you know how you guys would say in the car, you are my Sherpa. Because, you know, like every good Sherpa, you gotta have someone who's been there, done that, and can do it more efficiently. You can. That's why it's never about me. It's about who's entering the ring. And who's entering the ring today? You can find this man at HTW, 1CW, CWF, IWA Vintage Pro Wrestling, DLW, OTW, DCW, LVAC, and PPW. He is the great. He is the powerful. He is the ace. He is the alpha dog, Adam. Man, you did your homework. That's crazy. You listed places I haven't worked in like a while. That's awesome. <laughs> we do here on the podcast. We shout it out. <laughs> That's crazy. That's awesome. Yo, so one, thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, happy to be here. Yeah, and so full transparency for everybody who's trying to figure it out, right? We ran into each other at a couple times in a different couple shows. Um, but the one that memorably sticks out to me is uh i was we were getting ready for a, a rumble and uh i was wearing my vest and you had your vest on you were like oh look at both oh. of <laughs> with vests on and uh like it just stuck out to me because i was like yeah or i was like cool cool i was like i have no idea who this guy is right now but he's very big i'm just gonna nod my head in approval and just keep it moving <laughs> well then we both had dog gimmicks too so i was just like oh my gosh <laughs> it is true it is true because you know you are the alpha dog, and yeah, you know, I'm just a red dog, you know, <laughs> <laughs> just a red dog, <laughs> just, a red dog. just that guy. Uh, yo, but for those of you, those who don't know you, who is Adam? Man, uh, so I guess do you want like wrestling or do you want just like regular life? Why not both? Why not both? All right, yeah, I uh, I grew up in Willingboro, New Jersey, so I've been in New Jersey pretty much all my life. Um, Ended up moving around from Mount Laurel, and now I'm hanging out in Williamstown. Uh, by day, I'm an IT professional, um, so I work for a rehabilitation company, and I, I'm part of the IT support team there. Uh, handle a couple of different programs and and lots of like administrative work um, for like backend stuff for our clinicians. And then by weekend, for since. 2007 i'm counting training uh i've been doing pro wrestling so i started training in 2007 at the monster factory when it was in belmar new jersey uh and then eventually uh danny got the school and moved it to paulsboro uh, i stayed with jim molyneux he's an ecw uh original referee he started his own pretty much split off doing his own company uh called old time wrestling uh so I, that was otw so i continued with them and then I eventually moved on to training at the Ring of Honor Dojo in Bristol, PA. And then Cheeseburger, they moved that dojo to Baltimore. And I stayed with Cheeseburger and trained at the Worldwide Dojo uh, pretty much right up until and into the pandemic. Um, but now I moved further south, so I haven't been able to, to train with him. 
uh, as much. But yeah, so that's kind of like a quick overview of my training background. Yeah, there's a lot of like prestigious places to be training at, from the Monster Factory to ROA Dojo to world famous uh, <laughs> Dojo. Yeah, there's a lot of different places to hit, and just being like a lot of different minds to be like being a pick and like learn about the business. Like, what what brought you into wanting to get into the business to begin with? <laughs> it's a funny story for me because um, you know a lot of times you'll hear the common been watching since I was a kid. It's always been my dream. Uh, but that wasn't the case for me. I I knew about wrestling when I was a kid because NWO was hot, uh, DX was hot, The Rock was hot, Stone Cold. Like everybody that I knew watched wrestling, but I didn't have cable growing up, so like I couldn't really watch it. Uh, but I knew that I loved Sting. Like Sting was my guy because he just looked cool, right? And I didn't actually like really get into wrestling until like right after high school, actually. And I was watching. Monday Night Raw, and they were doing an episode of The Draft, and I, I was like, there's there's drafts in pro wrestling? Like, this doesn't make any sense. What is this? <laughs> and I saw John Cena, who I remember from, like, the Subway commercials and the Marine, so I was like, I'll, I'll watch this. Like, whatever. Like, I'm bored, and I, I was became fascinated. I think another match on the card was uh, Batista and Edge, and I was like, this is great. Like, this is cool. And from there, I... Like, I went headfirst into the fandom, uh, not when it comes to, like, the internet or being, like, a smart fan. I was, I was pretty, I was not smartened up to the business till after I started training. I, uh, I didn't know how much of it was fake or how much of it was real. Uh, I, you know, I'd watch ECW, didn't know that there was a previous ECW, so I would just watch ECW. I would watch Friday Night Smackdown, and it was just every week I'd watch everything, you know, on TV. Uh, I even started, I found, I found this channel called Spike, well, I knew about Spike TV, but one time I turned on Spike TV and there was this wrestling promotion called TNA Impact <laughs> on, and I was like, what's this? They have six sides of the ring, this is amazing. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I got really into it, and then Wildwood, I went to Wildwood with my family, we used to go like every year for like a week, and when we were down there, they were doing the SummerSlam tour at the convention center. So me and my best friend, I was like, can we just buy tickets? So we just bought tickets at the door. And it was during like the John Cena and Randy Orton program for like their first program in Oh, I believe it's Oh six or no Oh seven that SummerSlam. Uh, so yeah, I went to the house show, loved it. And I was looking into, you know, how do you become a wrestler? Cause I was, I had no idea. And I know a lot of guys got like picked up at gyms, but I didn't realize that it was just a different time back then when they did get picked up at gyms to be wrestlers. Like that's part of like Batista's story. So it's like, well, I got to go to the gym. I got to work out. And then if I get big, someone's going to notice me and then they'll like ask me to be a wrestler. <laughs> I have no idea. Right. Until I'm watching, I think I was watching like an episode of ECW and it was like a Tommy Dreamer match, and the announcer mentioned something about like wrestling school, and I was like, "That's a thing." <laughs> <laughs> so I I started googling wrestling schools, right? How do how do I get in wrestling school? And one one of the first ones to pop up was CZW. <laughs> and again, I'm not a smart fan at this point. I haven't, you know, I'm not an internet fan. I don't know. 
I'm just finding out that there's wrestling that exists outside of WWE and TNA, right? Right. Um, but when I'm looking at CW, they're talking about light tubes and all this other stuff, and I was just like, oh, I'm not doing that. No, no way. <laughs> I want to do TV wrestling. I don't want to do whatever this is. Uh, so then I found I found the Monster Factory's website, and I saw that they trained. Uh, they had like Big Show on there, Bam Bam Bigelow, um, D'Lo, I believe. They just, you know, notice like notable people were on the site. So I gave him a call, and I got a call back from the head trainer there. His name is Ed Atlas, and he was like, "Yeah, pal, uh, why don't you come down and check out training?" And I was like, "All right, cool." I don't know if I had a car at the time or I was waiting to get a car. Uh, but when I got a car, I, I drove down on a Saturday. And again, I'm still not smartened up at all. So I have no idea what to expect. Um, the first person I meet when I go into school is uh, Mick Drake. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's a he's based out of New York. He's um, at Battle Club Pro. Mm. But uh, he's the first person I meet. And uh, I go in and I sit in on training. And again, still not smartened up. So, you know, they're working on chaining, arm ringers. They're selling during all of this. So I'm just like, I don't know what's real and what's not. And I'm like, you know, it looks physical. So, you know, and then the the head trainer kid tells me, you look like you got the look. And, like, I'm not, at this point, I'm not, I don't have, like, a lot of muscle on me. But I've always had, like, a bigger frame. So we're talking, like, 6'2", still, like, maybe 250 pounds, but just, like, heavy. Uh, so I ended up, I think I told him I was going to hold off, and he called me, like, a week later to get me to sign up with, like, two new, two other students who didn't even last, like, two weeks. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I started training in 2007, but I didn't have my first match till probably late 2008 into 2009, because it just took me a while to figure out what I was doing. Um, and back then at the Monster Factory, uh, the promotion that ran out of there was still Old Time Wrestling. This was before it split off. And when I was first starting out, every single match was 100% on the fly. Like, we had two separate locker rooms for heels and faces. And then our trainer, Ed, would just come into one locker room and just tell you what the finish was going to be. And that was it. And sometimes it'd be something really simple, like, depending on where you were on the card, sometimes it'd be like, you're going over with a shoulder tackle, or you're losing to a shoulder tackle. And it was because he would set it up in such a way that later when people do a shoulder tackle, it could potentially be a finish. You never know. So it was really old school in that that fact. Um, we didn't have entrance music or anything like that, and we ran every Saturday at 2 p.m. So for a good chunk of my time as a wrestler, I worked every single weekend. Um, and then when I started traveling more and doing shows in the evening, then I was working like twice a Saturday. And then if I got a Friday booking, I'd work Friday twice on Saturday. Um, I mean, there, there's a, some rare weekends out there. I got to do four. I got to do, you know, Friday night, Saturday afternoon at OTW, go to like right coast pro in Delaware, uh, do Saturday night. And then maybe I had to work for, uh, like tier one wrestling when they were up in New York on like a Sunday. So it was cool. Um, but yeah, that's, that's really how I got into it. Uh, I think, that, I hope that answers your question. 
Yeah, you know, no, definitely. <laughs> I like the I like the aspect that you know, like you said, like there was two different there's two different locker rooms, right? Because it's not the first time I've heard that, right? Just yeah. like heels and faces. And like I know, like for me, when I was being told about like this whole thing, because I didn't know that was a thing, because obviously, like I came into a different era of like training, right, and and, and wrestling, but it was a tape recorder that would be passed from like the heel to a referee or somebody in middle management and it, it would go to a face. So to hear like mm. that was still a thing as of like 2007, I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. So I yeah. still find that to be, that's something that's kind of cool. I um, always joke that I broke in at like a really awkward time because when I broke in, um, WWE was the only game in town really. Right. I mean, there was TNA, but like if you wanted to make money, like the internet was still like Twitter wasn't even a thing yet. Right. Twitter was just starting out so that there's no real internet buzz. And at the time, WWE wasn't really touching you. If you worked the independence, like they didn't care. They just wanted bodybuilders. Uh, they wanted, so when we were training, everything we did was essentially, we're going to get you guys to be so good at the fundamentals because when you get to WWE, they're going to tell you what they want you to do anyway. So it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> so that's when I broke in, but then the game started changing. So I was ill-equipped for those changes at the time. I felt um, just because then the internet started getting bigger and then the indie started mattering. So then by the time I started trying to go get out there more, it was kind of like late, a little later. And then now we're back to when it comes to WWE, they're back to like, we just want college athletes, uh, which is something that I heard early on when I was pursuing that, them as well so it's just kind of crazy to see how things change in just a few years like you said in 2007 there there was some places that were still doing the heel and face dynamic with several locker rooms thanks man so you've been around since 2007 i'm sure you have one of these and i gotta know what's the worst bump you've taken That's a tough one. It's probably, I mean, we used to have just concrete floors. Like we didn't have padding around the ring at OTW. So if I've ever taken a bump like out there, that was probably the worst. I don't have a memorable one for sure. I will say it's not a bump, but I gave someone a back elbow and I like just stood right in front of them, but they were the same size as me and they were running like full force and I tore, I um, tore my AC in my shoulder. That sucked. Yeah. <laughs> and it just went, or actually I fractured my collarbone. And like, yeah, so the piece went into the, because I tore my AC another time. So that was also terrible. Same type of, type of situation. But yeah, the piece of the collarbone like went into the socket. So my arm like had limited mobility. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, that sounds like not fun to me at all. Nope. Nope. <laughs> not not at all. Um so usually after a match or a show you have like that post match meal, post match snack that you need to have. So what's yours? Post match oh snack? Yeah, snack or meal. Yeah, so I'm a I'm a big fatty, so I always end up somehow at home with like whatever I want to pick up and like a pint of ice cream. <laughs> um, so it might be like, if I go to, if I stop at like a Wawa, it'll be like a hoagie and a pint of ice cream. If I stop at like a Seven Eleven, 
I might grab a couple like snacks or like a sandwich or something and then a pint of ice cream. Uh, so yeah, definitely pint of ice cream is post-match go-to every time and then just pass out. <laughs> That's actually not bad. I might have to think about that now. Like just driving home <laughs> have a pint of ice cream. <laughs> well, listen, I never, I never actually eat my, my snacks on the way home. And the reason why is because one thing I found out or I realized was, because a lot of times the way my diet is usually set up during the week, I don't have as much sugar. And then if I start pounding sugar after, you know, on the drive home, I'll, I'll spike my, my sugar levels and I'll crash. So I'll get really tired on the drive home. And most times these days I'm driving by myself. Right. Um, so I have no riding buddies. So <laughs> I have to get home. <laughs> <laughs> so what's one of the hardest lessons you've had to learn in the business? Oh man, there's a lot of hard lessons. Um, and a lot of them, a lot of them have to deal with perspective. I'd say, uh, I'd say probably the hardest lesson I'd had to learn was that, you know, what? actually I'll, I'll be real candid and say the hardest lesson I had to learn was that I wasn't nearly as good as I ever thought I was, but at the same time, it like crashed my self-esteem. So the story behind that essentially is I did my first ring of honor tryout in maybe like 2016 or early 2017. And Christopher Daniels was telling me that, you know, my fundamentals were good, but if I happened to be in the ring with, with like one of the Briscoe brothers that I'd be exposed. So that told me that I wasn't as good as I thought I was, but the problem I've always had a self-esteem issue just growing up and carrying into to pro wrestling. So they pretty much got me right when I was at a point where I was actually feeling pretty confident in myself uh, because the year before I just got, you know, I just did uh, a tryout at the PC with WWE. So I was like, you know, I'm on the radar. I'm in contact with uh, the vice president of talent relations. Not that they were, they were pursuing me, but he'd answer my emails every so often when I, when I shoot him something. So then you hear that at Ring of Honor, and then I kind of, I followed them, I did a lot of like ring crew with them for like a whole year, and then I just felt like, you just see like how good these guys are, and then I just continued to like not feel good about my own abilities. And so it was a hard lesson to learn, but a very valuable one is just that, not to put so much stock into what other people think, like it's it's good to take criticism um, but it's also good to like take criticism, digest it and move on. Um, so I wish I did more of that. I wish I earlier on, I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have let others criticism or others, you know, uh, feedback stick with me so much. If I could help anybody younger, it would be like, you know, take the feedback you're given, you know, pick the best thing you can learn from it and then just move on. Because nothing, half the stuff that you think matters does not matter at all. So I don't know if that quite answers your question's hardest lesson I've had to learn, but those are, it's kind of like an encapsulation of the lessons that I, I did learn was that like half of what you think matters a lot doesn't matter nearly as much as you think it does. I like that though. That's good though. Cause you know, even for life, like that's just good too. Like, you know. Yeah, you know, people are gonna people are gonna give you critiques. Like, take the critiques that you know you find that are gonna be the best. Apply them to yourself, and then apply them in trade, and then just keep it moving. You know, keep it moving. Don't, yep. Don't harp on it too much. 
I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, what kind of advice would you give to upcoming wrestlers? Mm. Don't take this too seriously anymore. Um, I got, I got really caught up taking things really seriously. Like I was the guy that would be like, Oh, you're a weekend warrior. You don't take it as seriously as I do. Like (laughs) I'm a real wrestler. Like, no, don't take it as seriously as it's not as serious as you think. Have fun with it. Just if I could give any advice to upcoming wrestlers, it's just have fun. Because when you lose that, it becomes like a pressure game. And I spent like, there was a good two or three years where the only thing on my mind was like the contract, the contract, the contract. And I missed out on a lot of fun because of it, I think. Um, so just have fun. Don't take yourself too seriously. And then um, celebrate the small wins. All of them. Celebrate them all. Uh, no win too small. <laughs> Seriously. Because you never know. Like for me, I know that my time is coming up. And, you know, when you're in the thick of it, you never really think of that sometimes. But it's not that you should, but you should make sure that you're appreciating and taking in every single little moment uh, that you have. So that way, when you look back on it, you have like very memorable things to look back on. I like that. I like that a lot. Cause even for like me, like full transparency for guys who are wondering when we're recording this, cause everybody, you know, try to figure this out. I actually was supposed to be in a six, uh, a seven man gauntlet match at a uh, SWA and, Plans change, always right. Card subject to change. It is what it is. Uh, but instead, I got pulled out and got put into a match with King Kalua. And, like, I got to work with somebody that has no affiliation to my training school, barely knows who I am, and got the, th- the approval, the thumb approval, uh, thumbs up approval. And I was like, this is very cool. So I was like, I, I know I'm on the right track with things. I'm very excited. So it was definitely kind of cool to see like, all that play out. So I was like, all right, bet. Let's. Yeah, let's, let's celebrate this win. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Small win. And like, that's just a, you know, for lack of a better term, it's like a good notch in your belt and you can, you know, that's all right, cool. Now, you know, once you deliver on that, then it's on to the next step and the next test, the next challenge. Facts. Facts. You're still early on, I think, right? Like how long are you in? Well, okay, so I think I'm in a so similar to how you said it, you're in a kind of a unique perspective. Like I'm in a unique position because I have been in for two years, but I'm also turning thirty seven this year as well. So gotcha. like I'm a lot older like than most, but I'm also pretty young in the game. Like You're young in the game, so you still have a lot more to experience. Um but if you're looking for that contract or whatever, your window might be a little bit shorter. It might not be. I mean, who like look at AEW? They're they're hiring everybody, right, or anybody. So no, I think you still have plenty of time ahead of you. And there's a lot of guys I've seen. So like for someone that's been in as long as me and like never caught on, I've also at the same time seen guys catch on in like shorter periods of time. So really, you never know. It's the entertainment business, and that's something they don't. They don't tell you a lot in wrestling, but I'll be happy to tell people here if you are a wrestler. At the end of the day, no matter what you think of pro wrestling, it's still the entertainment business. And the entertainment business is like 75%, if not 80%, maybe even more, right place, right time. Is really all it ever is. So you just got to make sure that you're ready for when the right place, right time happens. 
because that's because things could take off in a moment. <laughs> yeah, they really can. <laughs> I've seen I've seen a few people who like just taken off based off of just being at the right place at the right time, and they're also very talented. Like no, yeah. no doubt, but for yeah, sure, yeah, just you know, they're able to perform when they were when they when they needed to, and then I watched them explode, and it's been awesome to watch them do the thing. Uh, listen, since 2007, so I'm sure you've been in a lot of different locker rooms and been in a lot of different places, so I need to know one do and one don't of the locker room. Okay. Um, one big do of the locker room, uh, <laughs> My one of my trainers, Brian Johnson, used to say this all the time, but, like, it's so true, like, just be cool. <laughs> like, don't be weird in the locker room. Just be cool. Be, like, laid back. Be friendly. Don't be standoffish. Like, I can't tell you how many times I will literally put my name on somebody, and it has nothing to do with what they can do in the ring and everything to do with the fact that I just want to hang out with them in the locker room. Like, obviously, I'm not going to put my name on someone that's, like, completely terrible, but like you could be mediocre and I'd be like, yeah, yeah, you should book that guy. And I will usually say he's got a great attitude. Cause I just want to hang out with you in the locker room. Cause I met you before. You're super cool. Um, so yeah, just be cool. That's like a big do for the locker room, whatever that means for you. Be, just be cool. Um, and then a big don't. Honestly, I don't because I haven't seen too many big don'ts, but I know a big turnoff for me is like uh, I'd say more like don't be so quick to be talking, speaking negatively about other people, other promotions, whatever your experience is. Like I get that we all have like some have our grapes in some places. Like I get why we would like joke around about them being bad in the locker room, uh, but. The thing that stuck out to me recently was one guy came up to me recently, and he knows that he I, he knew me from another show I worked with him, and he was like, "Oh yeah, man, I'm not working that show anymore." They kicked me out, and I said, "Okay," and he was like, "Yeah, it was a pretty blah blah." And I stopped him. And I said, "I'm gonna be honest with you right now. I said I don't really want to hear about that because I didn't personally have any heat with that promotional locker room. So like, I don't want to hear your heat. <laughs> like, I didn't ask you that. Um, so yeah, I guess just." watch out for that kind of be more tactful um and like i said i understand like some of the boys will chit chat about some places because they truly are like you know terrible um but yeah just just be careful with that i guess yeah i like that i like that don't gossip <laughs> yeah yeah there's no, really no reason to no <laughs> There's really not like you can. I like how you said that though. Like if you if you have grief, like obviously you're gonna have griefs about certain places. Have those griefs. Just make sure that you have your circle, and your circle has your corner because of yeah, yeah, very bad. (laughs) Yeah. Listen. So those are all my heavy hitting questions that I do have, but we do got to get into the second best segment of this podcast. Probably try to figure out what the first one is. It's right there. The Red Dogs Power Rankings that you can find every. Sunday on our debate show, but this is the three count podcast, 10 count questions. And Mr. Adam, this is how it's going to work. I'm going to fire off 10 questions at you rapid fast. And okay. uh, whatever's your answer, that's your answer. Okay, cool. So we're going to put on the imagine timer for added pressure. Bing! And here we go. 
SmackDown or Raw? Raw. Favorite movie? Blade. Yes. Yeah, I just got done watching that like two days ago. Still one of my favorite movies. Yeah, I said that in a car ride once, and my uh, my car mates laughed at me for a long time. That's their yeah. loss. Yeah. <laughs> that scene, the best scene is like right when uh, when uh, Daniel wakes up and he like bites uh, old boy, and then here comes Blade, and he was just like, come to finish the job. And the cops shoot Blade, and he's like, motherfucker, you out of your mind? Yeah. And, yeah. You know, just that quip so quick. I was like, that's one of my favorite scenes. Oh, I, I, I stood by it 100%. I was like, the movie's a classic. I said, it never gets old. No. I was like, and for those out there, if it wasn't for Blade, there would be no Iron Man. I'm just going to put it out there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sonic or Mario? Sonic. Favorite cartoon? <laughs> Dragon Ball Z. Let's go. Uh, Shawn Michaels or Chris Jericho? Shawn Michaels. Favorite actor? Mm, Dwayne Johnson. All right. All right. Uh, deadlifts or bench press? Deadlifts. Uh, favorite podcast? The Three Count Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's like, it's like we marketed over here somewhere. No, no. Weird. Uh, nominate one person that you want to see on this podcast. Um, you guys should do Brian Johnson. Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. And then, last but not least, my favorite question asked every single person who comes on this podcast: favorite curse word. Oh fuck! Right, like you get that promise yeah. you need in this life. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, uh, those are all my questions that I do have for you. So all you need to do is let our listeners and our viewers know where they can find you. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, uh, and I believe Facebook. It's all at it's at the Alpha Dog AC, all one word. Uh, so again, it's Alpha Dog AC. So yeah, and that's yep, that's my handle pretty much for all my social media accounts. So. Good tip for young wrestlers out there. If you do have more than one social media platform, try to keep your handle the same for all of them. Yes. Yeah. I I thought about that immediately. I'm glad you said that because it's definitely something that people don't talk about. But that is something I did immediately. Once yeah. I started like picking up like a little bit of bookings and stuff like that, I changed all my social media handles at the underscore red dog eighty five everywhere. Because I knew yeah. how important it was. I you a you find me on one, you can find me on all of them. <laughs> yeah, and it's so much easier if you like. If any of you guys out there are doing business cards or like uh, like little eight by tens with like your social media information, that way you don't have to put a different one next to every single uh, icon. So right, it's so important. I definitely look simplicity. That's all you need in life. Yes. <laughs> but listen, he gave you all of his handles. So you know what that means. We got to take this to our favorite part of a match. Home. So <laughs> this is the Three Count Podcast presents Now Entering. And like I said, I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller, the man that leads you up to this nonsense called wrestling. And like every good shepherd, you got to have someone who's been there, been there, done that, and can do it more efficiently than you can. And that's why it's never about me. It's about who's entering and who's entering. You see him right there the alpha dog adam himself so you guys know what to do tune in to the next episode and be there or 
you just wait for this episode to end. You wait for the outro. And then you choose another episode to listen to. Peace. Yeah. See you. What's going on, Three Count Nation? I'm Clifford Red Dog Miller with the catchphrase. But what I really want to do right now, go to twitter.com, right? Go over there. Find us at the Three Count underscore pod. Give us a follow. Give us a like. Give us a comment. We want to talk to you guys. Go to IG at the Three Count Pod. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Leave us a comment. We want to interact with you. Go to YouTube.com. Give us a subscribe. Turn the bell on. Turn on notifications. Leave a comment. We want to talk to you. Go to Anchor.fm forward slash the Three Count Podcast. And in there, you can leave us a message and we will talk to you. Basically, what I'm trying to tell you is that we want to talk to you. We want to have fun with you guys and we love listening to what you guys have to say. Also, one thing I need you to do for me, the Three Count Podcast also has merchandise. At ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the three count pod. Please go buy our t-shirts. We love you guys and we hope you love us too. So show us some support, please.